welcome to the Denverse. We found Quinn. We're going to do an NBA podcast. <laughs> I said yesterday with Cole, you can go listen to our Avs podcast, that you had disappeared. And so I didn't know when we were going to talk about the Nuggets. Yeah, I was... I took a wrong turn trying to ride my bike here, and it took about four and a half weeks. But we're back in it just in time for more NBA basketball. So I think we'll just go by the timeline, starting with NBA draft night. Mm -hmm. And the Nuggets didn't have a pick, and we were all like, could they do like get some guy that we don't really know about, and maybe he'll turn into somebody by trading into the second round. And instead, they went and got the guy that everybody was talking about, Bull Bull. Bull Bull. So how do you feel about that pick? Um, well, I think it was a cool hype pick. Um, like I saw the dude play a couple of games before he got injured at Oregon, um, and he looked like an NBA beast at the time, seven two, with a sweet stroke, um, can shoot from three. And Nuggets are now kind of building an ethos of being like the project team, whether uh, Michael Porter Jr., Isaiah Thomas even, Jared Vanderbilt, and now Bo Bull. I think it's a good move for the Nuggets in that they didn't have to give up a lot to get him. And the fact that the Nuggets stay high-caliber team, they're never go they're not going to have valuable draft picks for a while because they're going to be picking less, especially I think they just gave up a second rounder next year or two years from now. Um, so like, there's no expectations on the dude. Had to feel real bad for Bull Bull. At one point was, just like Michael Porter Jr., a projected like top overall pick and because of injuries, um, he really, really dropped um, and had to – be like a 19-year-old kid who had to sit through what should be the biggest moment of his life, just watching other people get drafted well before him after all this hype. Um, so I like the pick. Very sad he won't be at Summer League, but uh, a lot of questions marks about his health. He's super big dude, but maybe 200 pounds. Like um, He's got a lot of work to do before he is an NBA body, even if he's an NBA talent. Um but he's with a great organization that has no expectations of him, so he can just rehab and learn from a really good squad of people. And I think, so a lot of his highlights of his inside game were very high school, and he looked a lot like, it looked like watching like Dr. J highlights, which was weird. One, because Bull Bull's a lot taller, and just as a high school person, it was clear that he has some fluidity to his game. Mm -hmm. um, that's not even his strength, though. Like His outside shooting is supposed to be better than his inside work. And so that's fun. Like, obviously, his defense would be a big thing. And the Nuggets sort of have this pool of players that they're sort of trying to develop to be the backup center of the future. And so it's like, who is that guy? Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, they have a few options there, uh, which is exciting. It also is quickly spelling the end of Mason Plumlee um, <laughs> once his contract is over, it looks like. Yeah, and that's – even though I think it was an overpay for Mason Plumlee, definitely he was – not supposed to be the backup center of the future. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, we've got now Thomas Welsh, who is almost an exact mold of Jokic. Not exact mold. There's no such thing as a mold of Jokic, but um, a big with vision who's got a little bit of an outside shot, or at least a mid-range shot for spacing-wise. 
Um, and it's kind of like the opposite dorky of Jokic, where Jokic is just kind of like that guy where you're like, that guy doesn't look like he plays basketball. Welsh looks like that guy that like hangs out with the cool kids and isn't quite as cool as them. Yeah, right. Which is like fun. Like it's fun to watch him because of that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I think he like made his, his first shot and the bench just went wild. But he's like, he just got adopted to be part of the cool clique and he doesn't know why, but he doesn't question it. And that's what makes him cool to begin with. Um, so, I mean... Bull, bull, very interesting pick. I just love that my Nuggets are getting, like, mainstream talk. And so, like, on the Reddit thread, everything had died down by then. Um, but then they got, like, 2,000 upvotes when the Nuggets drafted bull, bull. Um, so there will be a watch for him. But, I mean, they said, like, he had stress fracture in his foot, which is always a um, – tough thing for a dude that big it was I think the same injury that put Yao Ming out of the league um but then there's also talk that he has like super shitty knees um so we don't know but luckily he just gets time to rehab and learn um and and there's no expectations like if he never plays in the NBA it'll be like well they tried yeah, and it's most supers. second round picks don't play in the NBA. Not so. at all. But he'll get it like he'll get every chance. One just because like his potential for just being such a big dude with fluidity, um, super young, and the fact that he's got NBA pedigree in his dad, um, which for those who don't know, Manute Bull, one of the most interesting stories in the NBA um, back in the day, and actually super sad that like. Um, he committed himself so much to Sudan, which is a big focus in the news right now, and um, kind of died as a martyr to it. So to see his son relive the dream, um, hopefully he can become like that next wave here in Denver. But we got time to see. So yeah, and I mean, I think we'll we'll get to this more with the other things coming up. But the other thing is that the Nuggets have decided that they're going to be a team like the Spurs and the way that they built, where they are really focused on the drafting and the keeping your own guys. Like, mm-hmm. if they're going to be successful, it's going to be because of moves like this. It's not going to be because of free agency, which now we'll move on to. And so the Nuggets' big moves of the week were they re-signed Paul Millsap. Um, they picked up his option. Yeah. So one year, $30 million. Um, It wasn't clear that they were going to do that. It was a little interesting that they did it um, like right the night before the – the free agency. And then it was kind of clear they weren't going to get anyone. Mm. And so that took a lot of the suspense out of what was going to happen the next day. Yeah. I mean, there were so few dudes who were going into free agency who would have fit the nuggets mold anyway. I know Tobias Harris was a bigger conversation, but Tim Conley would have had to do like gold medal Olympic gymnastics in terms of getting budgeting right and trading away both Barton and Plumlee's contracts would have been a great ad- addition, but wasn't necessary, which is an awesome, I mean, just as the draft wasn't necessary, free agency hasn't been necessary for the Nuggets. Um, the big news, which was under the radar was of course, then the extension given to Jamal Murray a year early for, can you say the exact figures on this, Derek? It's five years, 170 million. <sighs> Which is makes him the highest paid Nugget of all time, the highest paid Denver athlete of all time, and the highest paid Canadian of all time, wiping away any NHL contract ever given to a, a Canadian. 
Get him. And Larry Walker. More money than Larry Walker ever made as a Canadian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to unseat Larry Walker of all people. I know. Um, Walker didn't come close. He was too early in the in the process. But it's more than Jokic makes um, by about $30 million, I think, over the course of the contract. Yeah. Um, it is early, and it – was out of the blue because we'd heard that they were negotiating with Murray. Like that was sort of leaked over the last week or so, but it didn't, to me at least, it's like, it feels like he's a year before Jokic was when he signed the contract, which is like, it's actually the same place where Jokic signed the contract where like Jokic had a year and then they were worried about him going to free agency. Mm -hmm. This was, they still had some time with Murray but it seemed like Jokic was a year further in his progression where it was like, we know exactly what we have with Jokic. We've not only seen like the flashes of two years ago, but we've seen the consistency of this year. And then this actual year, like where we are now, we saw the greatness that he can be. Um, for Murray, it's like we've seen the flashes over a couple of years. We haven't seen the consistency. Yeah. But they still were like, we are going to trust the, the consistency is there. Which, I mean, that's such a gamble. Like, the comparisons were being made to um, Murray's Maple counterpart and Andrew Wiggins, who got a huge contract and has yet to live up to it. Um, it's, I mean, the growth of the NBA belies just the fact that people are always going to make more money the season after than the season before, just in terms of cap rising and really, like, what teams are willing to throw at a player but holy shit dude um i so like what three two years ago now um gary harris got signed for i think four years 80 million which was like that's a hefty contract which i think was on the same level of like we've seen the flashes um and even more so gary was like more consistent especially as like a defensive player um I had expected – I did not expect Murray was going to be lined up for a max at any point. Um, just because, like, he's been a great addition, but in the way that Jokic has made everyone he plays with better. Um, so I'm just, I'm kind of flabbergasted. I'm not mad because I've bought in just as much. Like, yeah, we build from within. This team is a family. We treat our boys well, but – Golly, dog. He's making $34 million a year now. And I just looked it up. Wayne Gretzky is only worth $200 million. If Jamal gets a nice shoe contract, he might become the richest Canadian athlete of all time. Um, and, I mean, as a homer, I think he's one of the best point guards in the league right now. But as just a regular fan, I'm shocked. I'm befuddled. Um but and not mad. Yeah, and I think that so there are several thoughts on this. One is there was still the debate last year and Murray had the chance to settle it and then couldn't quite settle it in the playoffs where it was is Murray the point guard that you want or would you rather develop Monte Morris? And now it doesn't matter. Like Murray is the point guard you have. Yeah. Like you if Morris turns into a great point guard, which he still has a chance to, they're not going to be able to afford him with Murray's contract. And so Murray is the guy, which I guess is great for the Nuggets. Like they know where they're going as long as it works out the money thing. So this puts their cap, the cap totals aren't up on uh, basketball reference yet for the Murray contract, 
but it is going to mean that they don't have a lot of cap room going forward for a few years. But the good thing about where they are right now is it is so easy at this point to offload contracts. Like the Knicks are like, we're open for business with this. Mm-hmm. Um, that if Harris doesn't live up to his contract going forward, they can get rid of him. They can, I mean, he might even be able to be, just be traded. They can get rid of Barton if they need to um, with a buyout probably. Mm-hmm. Although Barton's through 21-22. But through 21-22 right now, they have Jokic, Harris, Barton, Murray, and Michael Porter all locked up. Like, they all have contracts through that season. So that gives you a three-year window where you do not have to worry about contracts at all, at least for your supposed starters. Yeah. Uh, the one worry, when we were going into maybe even like November, December of last season, it was a huge worry because our bench was just playing out of their minds. Like, there's not going to be much need to re-sign Wancho. Not going to be much need to uh, re-sign Lyle, like Lyles. Um, my w- concern is either Morris kind of regresses to the mean of what you expect from a late-round backup point guard, which still is like great in terms of his ability to facilitate, and I think – He's well above average in terms of just protecting the ball, which is really kind of what you need for a guy on a team that um, should be able to dominate offensively, um, that he just doesn't make mistakes to throw away a lead. Um, My concern is mostly on Beasley in that he, kind of like Murray, has developed every year he's been on the team. And um, I think was yeah he was – he both he and Morris were – got a handful of votes for most improved player. Um, and I think he's probably going to get a few more minutes next season. And if he's able to continue his trajectory, we won't be able to afford him because someone's going to give him starter money, um, which happy for our guys. But that's just the one, like, he's kind of got the size, the speed, and the motor um, that isn't easy, and the shooting that isn't easy to replace um, with a small cap. Like, I think we're still open for a mid-level exception this year, but there's just really no one that the Nuggets are looking to sign. Um, so that's going to be one thing on Summer League, like who is the next guy who might become a um, Malik Beasley once he probably is offered too much money to stay with the Nuggets. Well, and I mean, after this year, you're – the contracts are up for Craig, they're up for Beasley, and they're up for Wancho. So those are three guys where it's like they may not be on the team. Um, and then you've got a couple more years on Morris and Vanderbilt. Um, so where they are now, and this is a big if, Quinn and I are going to Summer League next week, so you'll be hearing about Summer League because we are this excited about Michael Porter Jr. Oh, yeah, dude. But what, with the way they're built, with Jokic, Harris, Murray, and then Barton is sort of thrown in just because he has the big contract right now. Can they win an NBA championship? Um, or what needs to happen with these players? Like, is there a scenario with these players they win an NBA championship if that's your core? Where it's like, you've spent your money, a free agent is not walking in here unless you make a huge change. Yeah. Um, whew. I mean, that that question 
is a huge question mark with just what happens to Kawhi. Um, and oh my god, dude, I keep scrolling, keep scrolling, waiting to see. I want to be one of the first people on Reddit to comment because um, I'm dumb and petty like that. Uh, if he goes to, if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, um, we have to root for as much chaos as possible in LA. We yeah. need it to just be the worst thing that's ever happened. I mean, no matter what, if Kawhi comes to the West again, that's going to be one team that goes from maybe a playoff team to damn near a lock for the Western Conference Finals. Um, Utah has only gotten better, specifically, definitely gotten better in terms of matchup against the Nuggets. They've still have solid, like, top 10 defense and then have added more scoring ability um which whew, that's a that's a scary team um so what happens in house what hap- what's ha- what has to happen with the nuggets is we get meaningful bench play from the two or three guys who could easily be six men anywhere else um especially Tory Craig and um, well, that's gonna, Morris. That's going to be really interesting. If MPJ absolutely blows up in summer league, he probably still is going to be a bench guy that uh, Will Barton has that locked. But we need, yeah, my focus would be on Morris, Craig, Vanderbilt, Michael Porter Jr. Because apparently. Um, Tim Conley said that they're going to play MPJ as a shooting guard and a um, small forward, not a power forward, even at 6'10". So, we, like, I think our starters are going to be the same dudes. There's, I don't see any regression. If Gary can definitely stay healthy, I see him adding, like, maybe five points a game to I think he was at 12 points this year with a lot of struggles injury-wise. So, I think... The Nuggets, they've got the formula. If they're able to add the maturity and the consistency, they're also very close. I think the top three in the West, with probably Kawhi going to the, the Lakers, <laughs> um, would be L.A., Utah, Denver, in no particular order. Um, you think Golden State's going to fall that much? Oh, you know what? What about Houston. I'm not. I'm not really not concerned with Houston. <laughs> I really like um, Chris Paul is just so much older. Um, Houston wasn't able to add anybody. Um, they're kind of a mess. They're a mess. Well, yeah, because Chris Paul's contract ate up any of their free agency. Yet I'm like, for the first time in a very long time, not so worried about Houston. Um, or even like, they can still be a good team. I think it, like it's more a reordering of pl- the playoff bracket as opposed to any new people jumping up, except for of course the Lakers, um, which even then they're kind of a wild card because you can have three of the ten best players in the world, maybe even best five, but <laughs> you have absolutely nobody else. Um, so especially that'll be interesting in managing. Um, like how to match up against a super stacked Lakers team in three positions and then no one else. Um, what about you? Nuggets, is this our year? 
I mean, I don't know that this is our year, but I mean, Murray has to be consistently the best player on the floor. And that's with the way Jokic plays for them to be an NBA champion. And that is hard. Like that's the expectation that you've set is that he can go toe to toe with Steph Curry. He can be like, and I don't know. He might be like, we've seen the games where he could, where he can be your 30 to 40. Like I'm not asking him to be Harden, but he's got to at least be a 25 points a night guy with the ability to go to 40 when he needs to. Yeah. And that's what we haven't seen. And we didn't see it. We saw it for a few times. He couldn't stay consistent in the playoffs. And that's the biggest worry for me, was that he would go three quarters and not score and then win you the game. But if he would have just scored for the three quarters, they wouldn't have needed that. Exactly, dude. And so that to me is worrying. I think Jokic is like so great. It's just he can't do it alone. And I'm not saying that Murray's actually going to be better than Jokic, but Jokic needs that. And, I mean, it seems unfair to say that Porter needs to also be, like, a great, like, you know, near that level. But, like, that's what it's going to take. And then Harris to come back to where he is. Like, they're going to need the, basically, the four guys to be what uh, Golden State did. Obviously, Jokic is no one like on Golden State. But they they're going to need them to be like what, Steph Thompson, Iguodala, and Green were for the Warriors to win. Like that's that's what it's going to take to win a championship with how good the Nets are, with Golden State still, you know. Yeah. And so that's and I don't know. Like it's possible this is probably your best path forward because it's clear that the big free agents don't want to come here. Um, but it is, <laughs> it's a wide gap. Like it's going to take some luck and just some like develop like. Everyone's going to have to develop how you think if this group is going to win it. Yeah. The, yeah, no. I'm um, sorry to, like, just bring you down to earth. I just saw you, like, your eyes get really big. Like, they have to be that good, but, like, they have to be that good. Well, in the yeah in the modern NBA, there's no givens, even though Golden State has been as sure a thing as I think you'll ever see, like, outside of the Patriots. Um yeah, you're right. Because I'm looking at thinking about Murray's contract. That hundred million, the, the first hundred million, is what you expect from an offensive player who can give you twenty five a night, fairly consistently, or even like the potential for that. But that extra which, seventy, yeah, which is what they have with Harris. Like he's close to the Harris contract, where Harris is a little less offensively because he does so much else. Yeah, but it's like that's the kind of player you get for a hundred million, and that's like the level we've seen of Murray. Yeah. So th- then the other seventy is like, not only has there not been so much potential shown, this is that's like the wish that then he becomes a five to seven assists a night guy, and isn't a defensive liability. And, like, size-wise, there's just some point guards who are going to be able to bully Murray. So I don't know what his his offseason routine is, but um, I don't know. Like, I think a lot of why I'm not absolutely destroyed, like, Tim Conley, what the fuck are you doing, is that he's shown that he's, like, a pretty good GM and that he decided to come back to Denver, which is always nice. Um but that Murray is, I guess, a couple 
tens of those millions are just like the character that he is. Like he's such a hard worker. He's one of the spark plug guys. And I love the fact that there's some team, some like fans in the league who hate him because he's a shit talker. And that's really important, I think, in terms of defining the Nuggets, like personality. Who are? What is this squad? And I could definitely see maybe in seven years if Murray's somewhere else that he'll get a big contract just to be that veteran guy because he's got it in him. He's got to like better. It takes point guards a long time, especially a guy who was drafted as maybe a point guard but was supposed to be the off-ball um, compliment to Emmanuel Moutier. Bless. Who even the Knicks <laughs> didn't re-sign a contract with him. Um so it's just really interesting. I think, yeah, there's a lot of like question marks in terms of just like how this team will develop, but I think a lot of that also rests on the fact that we believe in Michael Malone, and he's been great at developing young talent so far. And, I mean, the other thing that the other team that we haven't really talked about is that suddenly you have, you're going to have New Orleans competing for a playoff spot again. Like they did enough in the offseason that they're also going to be in the mix of – teams that could make the playoffs in the West and then just get better and better. And so that's the other problem is you have Zion looming, maybe Kawhi in LA. I mean, LA is going to be competing whether Kawhi goes there or not. It's just like, is it, are they catchable? Yeah. Um, I think that that, like that's the thing that makes the NBA so hard is there are just so many good teams that you just have to have everything go right to be a great team. And great teams are really the only ones that win win an NBA championship. Like Toronto, I don't think we realized they were a great team until the finals, partially because they were like not on TV, but also just like it took all of that time. It took all that time to realize that Marc Gasol was adding that much to that team and that they had these role players that you needed. Yeah. But like there's no question that they were a great team. They might have beaten Golden State healthy. Like I don't think they would have, but there is a chance they did would have because they were that competitive. Um, and so I think that that like I'm excited to watch this team. I don't, but I also wonder like at what point we have to accept that like we're excited to watch this team in the hope that they can sneak in like Carmelo and Chauncey's 2010 team almost did, where it took all of that to get to that peak. And then it crashed so quickly. And that's where the NBA is just so hard. Like, it's so easy to do that. Yeah. Well, you're, I mean, we were given so much more than expected last season that my expectations are tempered. It's just super hard to continue to improve over four seasons, which Michael Malone has done, that the Nuggets – I won't be too hurt if they're not quite as good as they looked last year. Um, it would just be great if there's not so many question marks with injuries. Like, had the team stayed healthy all of last season? Like, well, there were so many games where they should have lost because um, Harris and Millsap and Barton were out, but they were able to continue. So it's, it's a big toss-up. I just want to see competitive games. Like, there were Nick fans who were like, <laughs> people were piling on them because, shit, they looked so bad when Durant and 
Irving went to Brooklyn. But they were saying, it's like, I'm not here looking for championships. I just want to be able to not turn off the TV and discuss in the third quarter because it's still competitive. And that's what I want to see against the L.A.'s, the Utah's, Milwaukee's, whoever, like the top-tier teams. I just want to see the Nuggets play them well. Um, and that that is what we got with Carmelo Anthony. Like, yeah. all of those years, they could play in the regular season with anybody. They couldn't in the playoffs, but they could with, and then they would just lose all the games that they shouldn't have lost. But, and you're right. I mean, if we were sitting here three years ago and we were like, what do we want? We'd be like, we just want a playoff team. It's just they, they've far exceeded those expectations. And so now it's, they need to get at least to the second round again. Yeah. To have a successful season. And it's going to be frustrating if that's all they do. But the landscape has changed so much around them. Um, and they, they need players to take a step forward. And it's hard because we're asking one of those players to be the guy that hasn't played in two years um, to take a step forward if they're going to compete at the top level. Yeah. And, dude, we are hyping him up so much. Like, just the videos of sweet step-back shots that he's taking against guys who are hoping to make the Summer League roster. Um, but, you know, one dark horse that I'm excited to see, Vlatko Chanchar. Um, who's been one of our European prospects for a couple of years. Apparently he's grown three inches um, and could have signed with Barcelona. Um, my big hope for the next couple of months is that he makes the Nuggets roster. Um, but yeah, hope is there because we have proof, but I'm not... As I, I told you before, I don't think Denver fans deserve an NBA championship caliber team yet. We have to go through some struggles first before a parade really feels vindicated because it would be the smallest parade in NBA history, I think, right now. You and I would be at the front, and we would deserve it, but I don't know about Nuggets fans quite yet. Well, I will say this just from the years of the Avs being good. The further they get into the playoffs, the bigger that parade gets. Like That's, that's the thing, and I think it'll be interesting to see how attendance goes, but I think Everyone's excited. And the other thing is you don't win NBA championships in free agency. Like that is not how you win NBA championships. It's the other it's the other moves you make around that. And so that's the other thing that like it is a little deflating to sit here and be like, all of these teams got better. Like we didn't even get a phone call from any of like the top guys that went other places. But like this is not where you win and lose like yeah. these championships. I mean Golden State, of course, is the example everyone looks at. But that first championship team, they were built out of guys that no one else really wanted until Iguodala went there. And they developed those guys, and that's how they won. I mean, you know, a lot of those guys, like especially like the Livingstons of the world, were cast out of the NBA, basically, and guys you had to pick up. And so that is – that's almost the secondary challenge of this, is that we know what Jokic can be. We think we know what Harris and Murray can be, and we have hope what Porter can be, but it's going to be who else is there. And so that that is Connolly's big challenge going forward, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But for now, we're just all, all Murray. So Yeah, buddy. Um, any final thoughts before we close out today? Um, no, just to your point on like free agency, yeah, think about it. The only teams I think have gotten definitively better in the last, like, three days of free agency, Utah, because they just added shooting on a team that wasn't great offensively, and perhaps the Knicks, 
just because they were able, instead of having to sign one or two max players, they added like five guys, and they have a really low bar of expectation. Everything else is like, this is fun and exciting, but no one's going to hit the court for another two months or three. So, um, till then, get that money, Maple Man. We're happy to have you in Denver for five years. Um, and Vegas, baby. All right. Well, we'll talk to you from Vegas. Yeah, uh, buddy. Till next time.